This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for recurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just one dollar text the word grade to 32 32 32 right now hooked on phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day for more than 30 years hooked on phonics has been the proven learn to read program that kids love to use text grade to 32 32 32 and teach your child to read in just 30 days guaranteed text grade to 32 32 32 right now and get started for just one dollar text grade to 32 32 32 now text grade to 32 32 32 Welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Jan Chenez and Max Cohen. This is our post-match show of Fulham's 3-2 victory against Huddersfield Town on Saturday at Craven Cottage. Fulham held on for all three points. With that said, we certainly have a good amount to talk about. And guys, we're going to start as we've been doing recently. We're going to be talking about what Scott Parker shared after the match because, again, I find his comments revealing, because I think it leads to some really interesting talking points, because there there's a good amount to talk about coming out of this game. So let's start here, because again, I think the first part of these comments are going to be dealing with putting a team to the sword, because Fulham didn't do that. They're up 3-0, and they really, I think, took the uh, foot off the gas, and uh, then that gives the opportunity for the team to come in. So I'm going to share these comments that you can actually read on the Fulham website on the uh, head coach presser from Scott Parker. So this is what Scott Parker had to say after the match. Quote, first and foremost, the result is key. I was pleased with the first 35 minutes. 
Then we took our foot off the pedal. We had got ourselves into the position of being 3-0 up, and in any football match that can come back and bite you, I felt we dropped our intensity and the game became too easy for them. The first two times Huddersfield entered our box, they scored two goals and then had something to chase down. At 3-0, they looked dejected, and I thought we should have put them to the sword, so I was a little bit disappointed, unquote. Okay, Max, over to you. Let's talk about the comments from Scott Parker. I agree with him because when you're up 3-0, stupid me thought we were going to go on and even score more goals. But I think maybe there was a lull there with the players. I hope this is something that they can learn. I want to give Huddersfield Town credit because they scored two scrappy goals and they got themselves right back in the match. What are your thoughts about the comments of Scott Parker and do you agree with him? Yeah, and I just say take a step back and realize, listen, we got the three points. Um, Forrest lost. Leeds lost. I yep. mean, we're, we're in touching distance. It's a miracle that we're, what, three points off second, and this is how we're playing. We're not wowing anyone with our football. We had one 10 to 15-minute spell in the match yesterday. That was excellent. And in the whole 90 minutes, we had three shots on target. Yep. Three goals. We weren't dominant. We had some really nice football, some superb goals. But for the majority of the match, we were second best. And, and that's really worrying. I mean, Parker said he was disappointed. I, I would go even stronger. I'd be furious with my side here. 3-0 up, we're cruising. You don't let teams back in the match there. And it's not as if, they, I mean, there were cheap goals, undoubtedly. But for the second half, they could have scored three or four with, with that Rodax superb saves. So totally I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm really delighted about the league position and the goals we scored and the fact that we ground out this victory. But we should never be in the situation to be nervy for the whole second half when you're up 3-0, 30 minutes to go. That's terrible game management. That's just terrible. Well, Max, this goes back to Parker. Because for me, you got to put this on the players. When when you're up 3-0, this isn't about him. This is about them. They need to react. They need to treat it like it's, again, the score is even. And they got to continue to play the way that they were playing. So I understand what you're saying. But for me, they need to learn that when you have a team down like that, you need to keep pressing on. Oh, I agree. Yeah. And I think Parker, to be fair to him, he made some good substitutions. I think throwing on Kamara really yep. relieved their pressure. I that was a good move. That was, that was impressive. But yeah, to play, it's, it's just a soft mentality. And I, I keep tweeting this out, but I really want to reemphasize this. We haven't won a match by more than one goal since Darby County at home in November. We, and we won seven matches or so since then. They've all been by one goal. There seems to be this like allergy in this team to winning games comfortably. We can't seem to do it. And I thought today, 3-0 up within half an hour. This is the day to do it. Again, we failed. So we it, it's amazing how lucky we're getting because, you know, theory would go that you can't keep winning these close games. At some point, you're going to draw, you're going to lose a bunch. But we okay. a great run. We have to see games out. Okay. We're going to get to that after we go through because I want to talk about the luck involved. Like you're saying, or is this a positive pattern? We're going to talk about that. I, I want to really drill down on – the fact that Fulham are not dominating matches and that we are winning matches by a single goal. I want to get back to that. Giannis, before we get to that, and then I want to talk about something else, I want to get your thoughts on Scott Parker's comments and also what Max shared too. Well, uh, before the game, obviously, he didn't have Congola because he was he, he, couldn't, he couldn't play because of the loan. And, and uh, with Raymond Morrison on the, you know, unavailable, you basically three centre-backs down. So he knew that he's going to have to rejig it. That lineup, 
Um, he'll be annoyed because we did go three goals up. But I think Huddersfield deserve an awful lot of credit. They, when the third totally goal agree. went in, when Mitro, Mitro, uh, after Mitro scored, they just they started to play brave. They they started to to, to play a, a lot looser, and they gave us a lot of trouble. And um, I think Danny Cowley, you know, on the trip north last night, was probably going oh, well. We probably deserved, but for Rodak's heroics, um, we deserved the point out of that. But you know, I I I you know I give I'm I reflect on it. This this division is ridiculous. Leeds go two nothing down to Millwall at half time in, in the week. Brilliant comeback and it, yeah. a brilliant comeback. And then they lose to Wigan. And then they lose to Wigan. I mean, I mean, this division is is insanity. It's, it's so. I, uh, to, to Max's point about the one goal wins. Yep. Absolutely. But in this division, anything's gonna everything's gonna go bump in the night. I think it's a miracle that we're third, but it's just it's going to be it's one of those seasons where we can't look ahead. We have to say, okay, Huddersfield's over. One match Black at a time. Rovers, yeah, Ewood Park, Northwest, and then we're away to Millwall. But, but, but it's it's you know, let's give them credit. They really came back fighting like lions. Their new their new um, their new loan loan signing of Mill Smith Rowe causes a lot of trouble. Um, oh, absolutely. Of scoring goals against us. So, um, it was an entertaining game. I think I think Scotty will be he'll be pleased that we kept a clean sheet in the second half. He'll be pleased that pleased that he held on. But he'll be furious uh, that the way that we let him back in the game and were holding on for dear life in the end. Okay, excellent there, Yanis. I'm going to go right back to you after. I share some more quotes from Scott Parker. It's going to be talking about seeing the match out. So let's go there next. And uh, here's from Scott Parker again from the head coach presser. Quote, the way we saw the game out is a positive, but certainly there are lessons that we can learn from today's game. I feel like we're growing as a team. At the beginning of the season, this game probably ends in a draw. Like I said, there were some disappointing bits but we got the result and we move on, unquote. Okay, Giannis, back to you. This talks about, again, I agree with him early in the season. This is this is a draw. So there is positives to take out of continually seeing matches out like this. I know it drives us crazy. You feel that they shouldn't be put in this position, especially in this match. But I still see growth there. I agree with him. What are your thoughts? Yeah, and, and again, he's probably thought, well, you know, with three centre-backs down, it's a makeshift lineup. We've brought Mitro back. And by the way, how the hell did that happen? Um, Get that quiet. You know, yeah, that's that ridiculous. We talked about this last week. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, really, They're worse than the Patriots. Off. I hate to say that. It's, it's terrible. And it pisses me off. And I've said it and I'll keep saying it. Be honest with your bloody fans. Like, don't don't bullshit your way through. We go, oh, he's got needs some more time. He needs more. Yeah, same for you know, same with Gabbana and Boo Boo, and then they're out in the field. Um, but again, early on in the season, we went up up to the Smith Stadium and we won two one. That's right. And I think we've we've had a little bit of luck at times, and I think that with much bigger games coming up on the horizon, and a lot of them being away from home, we have to tighten 
things, we certainly have to tighten things up. Three nothing should be okay. Thirty half an hour, in, it's it's in the bag. It really should be in the bag. And then you're thinking your consolidation. They're going to start pushing bodies forward. Maybe get a fourth, and that's it. But um, Huddersfield, as you said, they came out and played without fear. And looking at where they are in the table, they need the points. Uh, I don't believe they're going to go down. Uh, but I thought they, and they showed a lot of metal and a lot of um, a lot of guts. But um, it just goes to show it's got to be a 90-minute game. You can't yep. have a wonderful first 30 and then switch off. Um, and he'll be. He'll console himself with the fact that we were down defenders, but as I said, he will be annoyed at the manner of conceding two goals as quickly as we did. Scrappy, not scrappy, doesn't matter. Um, we were on a little run there for a while in terms of clean sheets in the league. So we're going to need to get back to that, um, you know, starting with Rovers next week. Okay. Excellent there, Giannis. Max, over to you. Thoughts on what Giannis just shared and, of course, what Scott Parker talked about Seeing matches out, and he sees in growth. I've actually seen growth, too. I understand where you're coming on this, and we're going to talk about the way Fulham are winning these matches by a goal just after we talk about these quotes. But I want to get your thoughts on the uh, quotes from Scott Parker. I'm a bit conflicted about the conversation because, on one hand, as Giannis mentioned, if you're 3-0 up and you have to hang on for dear life for the last 20, 30 minutes, never should be happening, right? The good, the best teams in the division, best teams, you know, in football, don't let, you know, don't let two goals in and then play like they're playing against Barcelona away, hanging on for dear life. It was Huddersfield. I mean, they're 20th in the league. They played well, but we never should have been hanging on for dear life. So that's that's one part. The other part of the conversation is we always say, you know, one of those cliches, the best teams grind out results. And we've been doing that. That's and right. So I'm torn between the feeling yeah. that, listen, we never should have been in a position to grind our result in the first place. But on the other hand, that's what happens. That's how you get promoted. That's how Cardiff did it uh, two years ago. You know, that's when we right. Got, you that's how Brighton win the did ugly it. games. How Brighton did it. You win the ugly games. So I'm not sure what is a more prevailing feeling uh, after this match. I'd say probably throwing away that you know three goal lead and barely hanging on. But you have to look at the pause as well. It's not all bad because we won the match and it wasn't pretty. But that's how you go up in the championship. You go up by winning ugly. That's right. And I'm glad that we're talking about this because now I really want to drill down a little bit more of what you were talking about earlier, Max, because I understand that you go on Twitter, you go on social media, and I was thinking about this as well when I was seeing all the comments on this. We're not dominating games. We actually talked about this on full time that that uh, one of our co-hosts, uh, Joe Tyvey, was concerned that we can't keep this up, that, again, I'm paraphrasing, if we get into a playoff situation, he doesn't feel confident because of the way that we are winning these matches now. What's going to happen if we're in a playoff situation on two legs? I get all that. But this goes back to dominating a match. You know, and again, two years ago when, when we were under Slavisa, the performances were more dominant. But I want to ask both of you guys this question. What would make you feel more comfortable, Max? I'm going to ask you this. Winning 5-0 or continually winning 3-2 to two and just figuring ways to win? Which way gives you more confidence? And I think it's a very interesting question. You tell me, which to you is more impressive, a 5-0 victory or winning these matches the way they have with all these clean sheets and then just holding on like they have been in these matches? Which to you is more important and impressive? 
Well, I mean, if every match is 5-0, of course, 5-0, right? I mean, you want to dominate and keep a clean sheet. Okay. But when you're looking forward, and like we do, we're looking forward, you're not going to win all these matches 5-0. You're not going to dominate every match. No team in this division is Liverpool. There is no Liverpool in this division. So you're going to be in a situation where you're going to have to grind out results. That's why I lean towards the fact that they are finding ways to win each and every week, like you just mentioned, Max, I'm going to put your words when you're talking about Cardiff and talk, and I'm mentioning Brighton. I find that more of a positive sign than the negative sign of letting a team back into a match. No, sure. I, I agree with you. I just think um, I'm just looking, we're going to talk about stats later, but I mean, Huddersfield looked like they were the home side and everything except yes, I did. 12 yes, shots, I did. eight shots on target. We only three shots on target. This is almost like a match we play early on in the season. We say, hey, we're dominating, but we can't score. That's It's like the inverse. It's <laughs> a good point there, my friend. Giannis, over to you. And I've given this a lot of thought because I've had many people reach out to me, complain that we're not dominating anyone except for, say, Millwall and Derby County. We're just not dominating for an entire match, and that's a concern. And I know that there's going to be a, a huge group of supporters who are listening to this podcast that aren't going to know what I'm about to say. I watched the New England Patriots win six Super Bowls, never dominating a Super Bowl, Giannis. Never. They never blew out a team. The games were always close, and that's how they won their titles. So I think that there's a fine edge between winning so convincingly as that being, okay, well, that tells you everything. But then when you're in a situation that is a tight game, that's when I think you really find out about your team. And uh, I've learned a lot about the team I follow, the New England Patriots, a great deal because they have the medal. They have that confidence that they can do it in the end. And I think the players are building that partially because they put themselves in these situations, but they're seeing these matches out. So I'm curious your view, like I said, is it more impressive and encouraging to win 4-5-0 to five nil or win these close matches? Well, I'm a big one. I'm a big one on the, from a coaching perspective. I say winning the close matches because you you tend to more, learn more. I mean, if it's if you go two nothing up on a team and you end up winning five nothing, it it's it's a rout. And then you know it's the old adage that when you. Well, what do you really learn from that? That's my point. You really don't, yeah. And it's funny because right now over here there's the the women's Olympic qualifiers um, for footy, and and ca- case in point, Canada have had two games. They beat St. Kitts eleven nothing, and then Jamaica nine nothing. I mean, what? what it, I mean, firstly, it's a cricket. If if you've got a game that's a cricket score, that's a problem. And secondly, what are you possibly learning from that? You're learning bollocks. That, that and that's the thing. Um, it's it's the tight games where you really, yes, it does get nervy for the fans, but for the coach, you know, um, a coach will tell you he'd rather win a game one nothing than five four. Right. So there's lots. There's certainly lots to learn. Um, we've not been as dominant as say two years ago, but I think it's a very different division. I, I think there's so much parity in this division right now that that I mean, if you think we we conceded five goals to Luton this year, we we we, uh, we lost first game of the season to to to, to Barnsley. You know, Wigan <laughs> certainly no gimme. I mean, top to one to twenty four, every team throws something different at you that makes it tricky that asks questions it's it's a it's a kooky division 
So um, I'm expecting this trend is going to continue the rest of the year. I really do. I think. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yes. Scotty's got. And Scotty's if it does got... continue, will that concern you? If we still see this, that we don't see a dominating performance, say Fulham end up in the playoff situation, which could very well happen. Would you be concerned that they have not had a dominating performance and had to win all these matches close? Because this is what Joe Tyvey was saying to me. He's concerned that they haven't been able to really dominate a, a team except for a couple of opponents. Uh, no, I, 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 I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not concerned. Not remotely concerned because you need the t- you need the experience of the tight games. Um, I think it's uh, if you. T- any fan that's looked at these the, the, the results of this division this year will know that really the one thing that's predictable is the unpredictable. I mean, I, exactly. we, we, shake, we, we shake our heads at some of the the absolute utter sheer bedlam that's been going on in this division, and that's allowed us to be four points off of second, which is which is quite remarkable. The tight games are really where you get to do the assessing of the players, and it's nervy for the. It's nervous for the fans, I know, but um, we're a different team from two years ago as well. Let's be honest. And again, yesterday, think about it, with three centre-backs down. You know, Dennis has had to come in, emergency centre-back. The full-backs have done their thing. Marek Rodak has, uh, you know, I'm so pissed off, um, you know, with the Charlton game. Um and you know, you know, you get. I mean, no, sorry, the city game with the venom that was thrown at yep. Tim Ring, and we remember what happened to Paul Barrack up at Middlesbrough, and he got pilloried up there, and the guy came back and he bounced back. And yesterday, again, not the saves he makes; it's when he makes the saves. He was absolutely exactly. brilliant. Yeah. Right now, I mean, I, I, right now, are there many better keepers in the division? I don't I know. Do not, I mean, he's, he's really not, getting it done. I, I don't know. That's it, that's it great, Giannis. Go ahead. It's it's uh, you know what these sorry these close games they keep us on our toes, Russ. This is what it's all about. <laughs> I hear you there, my friend. Before we move on and we talk about the starting eleven in the, in the eighteen overall, I want to ask you guys one final question that goes along with talking about being dominant. Giannis, I'll go to you first. Do you think that Leeds United and West Brom are teams that are dominant like some other teams that have won the championship before because I don't see either one of them any different than Fulham. Leeds United have more flair, but they're as vulnerable as anyone else. Yeah, they are. And, and they're, they're, both of, both teams, I think, uh, both teams will admit that um, they're in a real weird run of form right now. Like West Brom's win yesterday um, was a big win for them because they were in free fall. Leeds United right now are wildly inconsistent. Yeah. Uh, and they, so um, the team that I think the top six should be worried about right now is Nottingham Forest. Um, they won four on, the, four on the spin. They are playing well. Uh, but I just think there are going to be too many twists and turns. I look, I even look at down as far as 10th and 11th. I even look at a team like Blackburn who are in a position on 44 points who could make a late run. They're not the only one. Sheffield yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, they're hanging around. Yeah, Sheffield Wednesday, I think, should be better than 
44 points as well. Um, it's right there because there's been so much inconsistency. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. But Leeds and West Brom, there've been lots and lot more wobbles than the Teletubbies in recent weeks. And Tinky Winky, really, really, you know, the the the, bear, the big purple man with the big red yep. handbag. But they're not they're not they've not been playing well. And Leeds, are, you know what, Bielsa must be pulling his hair out. Right? What is going on here? Right, what, what, and um, yeah. great win for Wigan, massive win for Wigan, massive, huge win, Ma- massive at the bottom, huge, huge win. And Leeds now are probably looking in the mirror. Oh God, this is uh, this 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 is um, this, this is a little crazy. But um, yeah. you know what? This is this is what's going to make this division fun. And hey, the playoffs are going to be a, a, a laugher as well. Me thinks. Oh, I totally agree with that. Max, over to you, because, uh, again, when we look at the division, and uh, I look at years past in the championship, I can remember a championship in, say, the last six or seven years where there hasn't been a, a team that, again, hasn't been completely convincing. There's usually one. There's usually a Wolves. Well, I don't see West Brom or even Leeds United as being completely convincing. So when I look at that and I look at Fulman, Giannis was mentioning Nottingham Forest. We can also mention Brentford. There are a bunch of teams that, again, have flaws. I think every team has a flaw. So when we look at ourselves and we understand the flaws, I don't think that there's a team out there that's flawless, Max. Your thoughts? And Yeah, I mean, but it's interesting how much the conversation changes. I feel like a month ago, a month and a half ago, we were saying the exact opposite about Leeds and West Brom. I know. miles ahead of the pack, uh, which goes to show your point that it's so inconsistent, but Never make conclusions about a championship. That is one of my main like theories because this stuff happens. Every every single phone fan, common knowledge was that automatic promotions out of the window. Probably even as recently as a festive period. There's just yep. no chance. We lost on the reading. Now we're like three, three points, points away. Now three points away. I, and I remember uh, the great debate when we went up in 2018 about whether we could catch Cardiff. We were so far behind them. We were on that great run of form, right? And yep. Mike Greg said to me, "This is no chance. It's statistically you know, impossible." And the last day of the season, you know, of course, results go different ways. But if we had beat in Birmingham City, I think we would have been level on points or even ahead of Cardiff because they lost at home. So you never know in this division. Yeah. And as we well know, you can make a run from tenth, twelfth to third, and you can fall from first to fourth or something. So I just can't wait to see the final, you know, sixteen matches of this great league. Totally agree there, Max. All right, let's talk about the starting eleven and the eighteen overall. I think the huge news is Giannis said I didn't have a clue that he was going to be available was Mitro being included, not only just in the 18, but he started and he started. And uh, that to me was something I just wasn't planning on. So I think that changes a great deal. Your thoughts on the starting 11 in the 18 when it was announced an hour before the match? Yeah, I thought, you know, Mitro is a big one. It's tough because we have also criticized Fulham I've been very strong about for not telling us about team news but in this instance I was happily surprised but also you know the other side doesn't know either Huddersfield Town probably did not true. prepare to play against Mitrovic and that's a big ask to just have something it might have been that. a little gamesmanship yeah. yeah which you know I, I can get on I can get on board with that if it's going to help Fulham normally it's just to keep the fans in the dark which I don't agree with but I think it might have worked a treat uh, yesterday and then, you know, Giannis mentioned this many times, and the three center backs out, so Adoy slotted in central defense. Honestly, I think that's his best position. I'd rather have him there than uh, wing back. 
but I thought he did quite well with Hector. And I thought midfield was also strong. Kearney, I think, played better. Um, McDonald, again, having a really nice run of form in the starting 11. And Onama, is that our first choice uh, midfield right now? You know, Harrison Reed has been out for a long time. If he gets back in, does he replace McDonald? Interesting. It's a great question there, my friend. Giannis, over to you. Your thoughts on the starting 11 and 18 overall and what Max just shared. Yeah, and all, all the possibles, probables, upper body <laughs> What a load of old shit, honestly. <laughs> I was pleasant with Max, pleasantly surprised, but honestly, I mean, I mean, I understand the notion of, you know, surprising the the um, the opposition, but um, you know what? More loyalty to your own fans. Your fans want to, please, your fans want to know what's going on. Lineup was exactly what I thought it would be. Um, Adoy playing in the middle. Um, Christie back at right back. Christie, I thought, had a nice, a really nice game. Um, you got a good bench there with Arton and Steph Joe that can come off. Boo Boo's obviously come off uh, injury, you know, injury concerns. And um, bets on the bench again. So, um, you know, a good lineup. And, and, and remember, Huddersfield just lost a couple of players as well in the. the, the um, transfer deadline, and they're, they're an interesting situation. I, I sort of fear a little bit for them next year. Um, I think uh, I still think they're going to stay up. That Wigan game, that Wigan win at uh, Leeds has taken them only two points behind Stoke, so it was a huge six pointer for them. But Huddersfield Town that have really cut, they really cut their payroll this year. They're basically living off the the, 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 the parachute payments. And that's and that's a shame because you know they had a couple of years in, in Premier League and won lots of friends and it looks like they've just sort of given up the ghost, you know, and they're content to be where they are as opposed to try and get back up, which I think is a shame. They lost players in the, the deadline and um, you know they do have some good players. Smith Rowe was the big one they got in, I think, from Arsenal, and they, Arsenal expect big things from, of him, um, but I don't think they came down expecting to get anything. And in the end, had they got a point. We couldn't have complained because, I think, because for, for for large parts of the game yesterday, I thought they were the better side. Okay, excellent. All right, coming up, we're going to break down this match with all the key moments. We're going to talk about the stats, which are interesting, and end with man of the match. Okay, guys, so let's get into it. Let's talk about the first half. Obviously, we're going to focus on the goals by not just Fulham, but also Huddersfield Town. But as we've been talking about Fulham, I think we're dominant for the first 30 to 35 minutes of this match. And uh, that shows in the three goals. So, Max, I'll give you the honors. Let's talk about the first goal in the 10th minute that was actually set up from Michael Hector. I, You know, again, I've been very impressed with Michael Hector. I, I think he's changed for him. That's just my opinion. I've said this. I think that they're a different team with Hector in there. Well, he sets up Bobby Decadova Reed, and he does the rest and scores a wonderful goal. Talk about the goal from Reed. I'm going to argue this is the best goal of the match. This is a pick of the lot. Um, I'm really glad you brought up the Hector okay. uh, role in this because that was one of the best balls I've seen in a long time. And it's something, actually, funnily enough, the man who he's replaced in the starting 11, uh, Alfie Mawson, that's something he was brought in to do. People love to talk about how Mawson could play those crossfield balls to the wingers from the center-back position. We never really saw much of it from Mawson, but Hector, I mean, what a treat. And it's something we need in this side. So much of our possession football in the kind of first half of the season was slow plotting. And when we play like that, teams can easily shift. But when you play that quick switch, that's when you catch him out. 
and happened like a treat for the goal. Reed's touch, that first touch is superb. And to sell Janino with a nice little fake, taking down the line. And he still has so much to do. And he's still probably two or three defenders in the box there. And I love the little feint to cut back to the outside um, because it's not a fancy step over. It's not a nice little trick, but just a little bit of a body movement. Drop the hip, drop the shoulder, boom, he's through. And the finish was superb right in that far right-hand corner. One, honestly, one of the best. I think one of the goals of the season for me, definitely the best goal to get match. Okay, fantastic. All right. Well, Fulham also had an opportunity in the 12th minute header from Adoy just goes wide from a corner. Yanis, I'll go to you. Let's talk about the second goal from Fulham. This is set up by Cyrus Christie, and it was Tom Kearney, shockingly, with his right foot, my friend. Talk about the second goal for Fulham. Yeah, well, the, the, the first one was going to take some, some doing. I absolutely agree with Max. That was, that was a superb goal. And it was um, it was Reed at his absolute best when you saw if you saw him with Bristol, very very direct player, and um, he, um, he he finished with a plum. I, I don't think Cowley would be very happy with defending to be honest. Though. Um, a, a little cheap, but there you go. Um, for the second goal, Bristol, I, I said I thought I had a very good game. Um, I, he needed that goal. It's a lovely cross. He's taken the touch. You know, he's, he's, he's whacked at home with his right foot. Um, he's coming for a lot of stick recently. Scotty is showing a lot of faith in what he's doing. Um, I think that uh, it'll become interesting what happens when, when Harrison Reed is back, um, where Kenny's going to fit in there. Um, I think he was a little lucky to start, but suddenly, suddenly we're two goals up and we're playing with a lot of confidence. And, and I was looking at Huddersfield and they looked just defeated they they i thought oh good we might score a third pretty quickly here they just looked out of it almost like they just got came on you know just stepped off the bus right and i expected better because huddersfield are a workmanlike team um you know pretty gritty we you know one of our one of our better wins this season i thought was our win up in huddersfield i thought we had to really grind that one out and I really thought it was going to be one of those. I thought it was going to be a one-goal game yesterday, but I, I thought a one-nothing would do it. Um, and but with his Kearney's finish, now we're two-nothing up. Yep. And at that point, Giannis, I'm feeling pretty good, and that's going to lead to talk about the third goal. And Max, back over to you. In the 31st minute, Mitro scores, set up from Joe Bryan, and uh, it's funny. I, I didn't get a good view of this, but both of our co-host on full-time, I guess we're talking about this after this match, we're talking about Joe Tyvey and, and Emilio Donnell, they thought that potentially Mitro was offside, and, and if there was VAR, he would have been called offside. I, I, again, I didn't get a good view of it. What, what are your thoughts about the goal, and could they actually be right about that? I, did, I didn't see that. Just thankfully there's no VAR in the championship, uh, <laughs> luckily enough, because nothing worse than getting a goal ruled out. But I think that goal was all about Mitro. That his friends in the box is something we've missed so much, you know, when he's been out. Yep. Charlton game was a big example of it because we do swing so many crosses in the box. That's a big part of our attack. And there's no really number nine central forward, big finisher there to, you know, sweep home those goals. We're going to lose a lot. So I mean, the flicked finish right in the top of the, the net. That was an excellent goal. And credit to Brian for that really inviting low cross. Yeah, and you're right. At this point, it's 3 0. I mean, it's, it's fantasy full. I, I texted my, my group shot with my family and I said, hey, it's yep. amazing. I mean, we're, we can go on to win 5-6. Yeah, we're finally like seeing match. that. Yeah, we beat 5-0, yep. I think, a couple, a couple years ago, and I thought it was going to be like that again. 
and then it all went it all started going bad four minutes later. It did. And Giannis that was gonna lead to talk about the first goal from Huntersville Town in the thirty fifth minute. And uh this was similar to a goal against Lutentown. Emil Smith Rose scores again. This is a sloppy goal to give up. What are your thoughts about Foam giving this up, making the match three to one at this point in the thirty fifth minute? Tell any player you want, um, you're at your most vulnerable after you score. And uh, we let we we let we let them back in. Um, the Cooners, I mean, it's, it's, they do they do have they do have players there. Um, but we just I think we sort of fell asleep. We thought three nothing. That's it. Shinders knocked in the, the free kick in, and uh, Smith Rose, you know, smacked it home. And uh, you know, how many times do you see that? Team, team scores a goal, opponents, you know, go charging up the field, get one back. And then, um, you know, now it's 3-1, there's a lifeline. Then they're thinking, well, it's not even half time yet. You get another goal and we're right back on this, you know. So credit to credit to Huddersfield. The, 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 the third goal went in from Mitchell. Absolutely. They, the switch went on. They said, well, bollocks, we're going to have a go here. And they they asked an awful lot of questions of us, of us. and uh, you know it's um, we can we can never ever say to, uh, we're playing Luton and this should be an easy three, three points. No, 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 no. The teams at the bottom are desperate. The teams in the middle where they are now are thinking we get two quick wins and we're just outside the the top six and playoffs. Every, so many, so much to play for right now, right. and um, Huddersfield. I hope, I hope, will take this lesson and and understand that you know, you, you know, be a bit looser, a bit freer, and uh, you got a chance. Back to the Mitchell goal. I thought it was a, I didn't see an offside in there, but I thought that was an excellent goal. The okay. ball in from Brian, and he just got there, just got there in front of the centre back and flicked it. It was a beautiful goal. We had missed him. Yeah, um, we had missed him. But um, I do fear, of course, if he does get injured. I mean, we've talked about this. Where did the goals? Where did the goals come from? And his presence on the field, in it, in of itself, is, is oh, it opens up some, situations some for everyone else. Giannis. Yes, yes, they do. Yeah, but it was three-one, and uh, then uh, Huddersfield decided to to uh, start uh, putting the foot to the gas, so to speak. They did. And Max, back over to you because four minutes later you have the goal from Steve Mounier, and now it's three to two. What was going through your mind when this goal went in? Just terrible, terrible defending. The the, the one attacker cut through a defense, sent him in field like it was Swiss cheese. McDonald comes flying in, classic McDonald, flat footed, doesn't really know what he's doing. Just kind of hacks at the ball, and doesn't get it. Deflects off, and McDonald's on the floor. Um, next guy up is Onuma. And he just falls down as well. And suddenly, our two central defensive midfielders are out of the match. They're surging. Joe Bryan's out of position. Cyrus Chris is out of position. It was very simple, and then what happened? You just played out wide to the right wing. Cross comes across goal. Our right back, nowhere to be seen. Christie doesn't mark the man. And it's bundled in. It was it was so preventable, I think. Yep. Um, and the worst thing was just seeing all those players kind of fall down. It was, it was laughable almost if we didn't concede. And that's 3-2, and you're right. And it's so nervy because it didn't need to be. But two quick goals. And then they have all the momentum out of nothing. Absolutely, Max. And that's what's uh, disheartening because this goes back to when you're up 3-0. You know, it's funny. The one thing that I do 
say and I agree with is that when you have a team down, you you really go after them. You keep pushing forward. You don't get complacent because this is what happens when you get complacent. You can let a team back into the match, which didn't need to happen. So I put a lot of this on phone, but I want to give a lot of credit for Huddersfield on because they created the goals. And what we're about to talk about in the second half, they were dominant. They were. I have to give them credit. Yeah, so let's flip to the second half, and I want to concentrate on the first 15 minutes of the second half because this, to me, is the point where if it wasn't for Merrick Rodak, they very well could lose because he made some huge saves. Let's talk about through your eyes what you watched at the beginning of the second half because I was concerned that this could really end badly for Fulham, but thankfully it did not. And thankfully... Because of Marek Rodak, I have to give him all. I have to give him a huge amount of the credit here. Yeah, he was absolutely, he was absolutely magnificent. And um, it, it, and again, I, I go back to the City game last Sunday, and and the and the level of um, venom that Tim Ream got um, for, for for the red card. And you know, nobody wants to get sent off. Nobody wants to be suspended. Um, he's been a good servant to the club. He's had a bit of an in and out year. We talked about this at length, but um, there's a lot of criticism, and I thought it was I thought it was unfair, and I thought it was unwarranted. And and Rodak came in for a lot of criticism with his red card against Middlesbrough, you know. And uh, right, um, but the cream does come rise to the top. Um, I've said it from the start of the season because Rodak was player of the season at Rotherham last year for a team that got relegated. That should tell you everything you need to know. They were very up, very very unhappy that they had to let him, you know, obviously come back to, to, to Fulham. But Scotty's made a calculated decision where he said, you know what, I'm going to give this kid a try. And despite what happened up at, up in the northeast, he's still stuck with him, and he's been super. I mean, second half, he's made a number of excellent saves. Yep. Well, we've been all at sea defensively, and um, he showed he's a tough goalkeeper as well, and. Uh, that's the thing that Scotty can look at now and say, well, we've got Ream and Mawson and Congolo coming in. Um, you could well now have a Hector Congolo centre-back partnership. That, that'll be nicely, thank you very much. Um, try getting past those two brothers. And, um, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you've got... But Rodak is, you know, he's your last line of defence and, and he's, for me, he, for me, he gets man of the match because he saved, he saved our bacon, egg, sausage and and uh, and home fries and um it and it's great for the team knowing knowing that you don't feel nervous about the person who's wearing number one in the net it is absolutely critical because if you have a question mark against your own goalkeeper it plays havoc with the minds of the defenders absolutely and, and he made some great saves and um good for him and um I'm fully expecting when the man in the match results comes out, he's going to get it. And uh, But for him, you're right, we could have lost that yesterday. Absolutely, Yanis. And uh, that's going to lead to talk about the rest of the second half. I, I do want to mention, because I know Max talked about this as well, I, I think a key in the second half were the substitutions. You have Kamara coming on in the 57th minute for Cavallero. You have Johansson coming on for Kearney. Also want to mention Arter coming on for McDonald. I think these were... Good substitutions, and uh, as we get on in the second half after that initial 15 minutes, again, it was still nervy, but I think the substitutions help. You you do have another save 
from Marek Rodak again in the 72nd minute. You have a few more opportunities from Huddersfield Town. Fulham actually had, I would say, a decent opportunity from Kamara, but his shot goes over in the 77th minute. Beyond that, Fulham really did not have that many opportunities. Uh, Christie had one in the 62nd minute as well. So, Max, over to you. I want to get your thoughts on what you saw after those 15 minutes and how Fulham saw the match out. And you can talk about the substitutions if you want and also just anything else to do with the second half. I just want to give credit to Huddersfield, as you guys have done earlier, because they were the better team in the second half. They had all the attack. They had all the momentum. We couldn't get out of our own half. I can't really remember any really sustained periods of pressure we had in the second nope, half. Not in the second half. That's a home match when we're leading. That's just, that was worrying for me because there's just wave after wave of Huddersfield attack. And they just kept so coming. Many, yeah, and so many of their shots were excellent. Rodak made a great saves from close range. A couple of ones just were whiskers away from the far post. These were good opportunities. They weren't just taking speculative long-range strikes. They were really threatening. And I'd say there were three or four times I thought, We've conceded, oh no. So it was hard in your mouth stuff. And this is the reason I think I want to distinguish this match from a more of a match where you grind a result out. Because when I think of your grinding result out, I think maybe you go down 1-0, you get come back 2-1, momentum's with you, and then you hold on to the end. This is the match where the momentum swung the other way. And we gave up a dominant position and held on for dear life for 45 minutes at home against a team, Giannis is right, they're fighting for their life, but they're 20th in the league. We are a better team than Huddersfield Town, and it showed for 30 minutes, and we couldn't keep that up. That's why I'm a bit worried about this game, because it's not like we were playing Leeds away or West Brom away, which we're going to have to do in the second half of the season. We're playing a team in a relegation fight at home, and that's a game you should win comfortably. And we gave away the momentum. It trended the opposite way, and we very, very, very well could have drawn this game or lost it. Okay, excellent there, Max. And I understand that, but I'm very – Glad that Fulham did see this match on. It's like we're talking about. The results went their way as well. So this is huge, just getting all three points. But I understand uh, the concerns of fans, concerns of you, Max. Anyone else? Because uh, it was nervy. It has been nervy. This has been nothing new. But I guess I'm just used to it from a different team I followed to because it's what we always complain about, and they just continue to win. <laughs> so it's about doing your job. but it. Could have been so much easier, but it wasn't. And I think Huddersfield Town had a great deal to do with it. And you guys have done a good job talking about that. All right, let's look at the stats. I know what I'm going to be focusing on. I'm curious what you guys are going to be focusing on. It might be the same thing. Let's start with possession. Fulham were at 57% to 43% for Huddersfield Town. Total shots, 10 for Fulham, 12 for Huddersfield Town. Here's the one that stands out to me. On target for Fulham, three, which led to three goals. On target for Huddersfield Town, eight. That's a huge number. Corners, two for Fulham, six for Huddersfield Town. Crosses, 18 for Huddersfield Town, 14 for Fulham. And if you go a little bit further, you look at passing accuracy. Fulham were at 84%, which is usually good. Huddersfield Town were at 73%, which isn't terrible. And fouls were 12 for Fulham and 10 for Huddersfield Town. Okay, Mr. Janaeus, what stands out to you from the full-time stats? I am looking right at eight shots on target for Huddersfield Town. Yeah, absolutely. And three for us, yeah. that's yes. um, That tells you everything you need to know. It was not. Um, if you didn't know the score, 
you go, oops, that wasn't a good one. You certainly wouldn't have predicted it was at the cottage. That's for sure. But you get these these strange kooky games that this happens. I mean, when's the last time there were five goals and a half at the cottage? <laughs> I can't remember the last time. Yeah, it's it, it's 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 been a long time, and uh, it was a very entertaining first half, and uh, uh, it reverted to type in the second half. But um, as I said, Scotty will be pleased, but he will have some. He may have a few. He may have to throw a few ball f bombs at training about. You know, tightening things up, closing space down, making the right decisions. Um, he'll be annoyed about the two games, but he'll, two goals. But he'll also be annoyed about the number of chances that we gave up in the second half. And he's going to want to see a better job of that. That it wasn't good enough because there are going to be bigger games on the horizon. Because teams like, um, well, I'm going to be careful to say West Brom and Leeds because you, you never know with them. Right. Teams like Bristol City and Nottingham Forest are going to, you know, are potent up front. Um, and, you know, uh, you've got to be, you got to make sure you've got, you got to stay organised and compact. And I don't think we were at times yesterday. And uh, um, so that, and Blackburn will not be an easy game. It's never easy going up to Ewood Park. So uh, they're going to have to be prepared and tighten up. But as, but as I said earlier, the fact that he's going to have uh, Congolo back should ease things up, and um, I don't know about the status of knockout, but if knockout is available, maybe next week, then maybe uh, we're going to look in better shape. But you can't keep, you can't uh, take teams lightly, Russ. No, you can't. And, uh, I thought there was a little bit of complacency there, and we went three nothing up yep. together with the way they came back, and, and, and we can't be doing that. Absolutely not. Yeah, that's, I completely agree. You can't be doing this, as we're seeing in the championship. You do it. And it could come back to bite you. It almost did. Thankfully for Merrick Rodak, Fulham get all three points. And I'm putting it on his shoulders. He's my man in the match. We'll be talking about that in a second. Max, it sounds like you probably, I shouldn't be putting words in your mouth, but was it the eight shots on target and the three for Fulham that stands out to you? Yeah, undoubtedly. Um, and that goes, I guess, to the next point. How Rodak has to be there in the match because yep. he's the one who saved us from that huge onslaught. Okay. Excellent there, my friend. Excellent. All right. Dennis, over to you. Is he your man of the match? Oh, Rodak the Kodak. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, it's it's you know, it's 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 not what it's when and um we're lucky to we're lucky to have him. Um we're lucky to have him and, and sometimes we're gonna, gonna we're gonna require Rodak to help us out when you've got makeshift, you know, back forward, when we've got injuries, when we've got illnesses and um, he was excellent. He's just, you know, and, and good and good for him. He was very patient on the sidelines. He waited for his chance. He's taken his chance. And, and also, I think the club, the club deserves a lot of credit here, sending him out on loan last year just to learn his trade. And a team that was really struggling all year, can't be easy playing for a team that's always losing. But, he, right. you know, he, he grew up as a player. He developed as a player. And now he's part of a promotion run, which I think is brilliant. And uh, long may it continue. Okay, excellent. Max, right back over to you before we wrap this up, talking about Rodak, because uh, we've talked about this before. Mike Gregg has mentioned this. When your goalkeeper is man of the match, that's a bad sign. Should we be concerned that he was man of the match, or do we look at the fact that we had uh, Tim Ream out, that Dennis Tadoy was uh, a center back, that we, that we didn't have the proper 
the center back pairing, does that offset this or should, or do you feel that him being man of the match is cause for concern? It's cause for a little bit of concern because I think Mike's absolutely right. When you play these matches, your keeper should really be your man of the match unless you're having really big issues with your defense or defensive midfield or anything. And yeah, we were short at the back, but in an ideal world, man of the match is Kearney or Decanova Reed or even Mitro. But yep. as you said, we've said it before, we got the win. It wasn't pretty. It was actually a little <laughs> bit concerning, but sure. I'm just glad we had a keeper in there who we can count on. And I want to make the point that I'm very happy we wrote it as a number one. I think it's clear through his performances, he's shown he's better than Marcus Bedinelli. And again, I'm, credit, I'm, got... I'm so glad we're, we are recording this. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm going to be honest. It's true. hundred percent true. I'm really glad what Yana said. When a player makes a mistake very early on after he gets on the side, it's so easy to say, well, you, you had your chance, you wasted it, back to the bench you go. But Parker's stuck with Rodak, and it's proven to be an inspired decision. I would not have been that generous when Rodak got sent off at Burrow. It was a terrible error, terrible. But he's made up for it, more than made up for it in the months since. And again, we can count on our keeper. I think that's a big reason why we're third right now. Okay, excellent. And Max, this is why that. I have to give you huge credit. <laughs> yeah, no. I have to give, you know no, seriously, I have to give you huge credit because there are people that I know, friends, and media like that would never, and I'm talking about, let's say, talk show hosts, admit that they were wrong. And you <laughs> just did that by giving props to Merrick Rodak. So you deserve serious amount of credit. I, I just want to just mention that. <laughs> I appreciate that, Ross. And you know, anything for Fulham, you know? It's not much. I know. Anything FC, for Fulham. Fulham FC. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Great show, guys. We do have, have to wrap up the show, but I do want to mention, as I've been mentioning lately, we are now on the Come On You Whites app. You can actually download that on your iPhone, on your Android. Check it out. The show's on there and some great articles. Please do check them out. It really is a great app. I, I check it about 10 times a day, so I would highly recommend it. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk. For my co-host, Yana Shanaez and Max Cohen, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you, as always, for listening to Cottage Talk. For Fulham fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats, and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free COY Whites app now from the App Store and Google Play. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.